0: Of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman glad you could join me today. We're going to keep it short this week. There's just a lot going on. We got 30% of the S&P 500 companies are scheduled to report earnings. Congress is hammering out or at least trying to hammer out the next coronavirus stimulus package. Just a lot for investors to be watching. Now, from a big picture perspective, most of the tracking data over the past few weeks show the U.S. economy is trending down. Yes, the recent spike in the virus outbreaks led to renewed partial lockdown in some states, and that's going to likely impact confidence in consumer spending. But the good news is that we have more knowledge, more tools, and a new antiviral drug said at our disposal. On, on that front, Pfizer and German biotechnology company BioNTech agreed to supply the U.S. government with 100 million doses of a coronavirus vaccine that could be available by the end of the year. Obviously, evidence from their clinical trials has been positive. And I said that Congress is working on another relief package. Hopefully, it's done by the time that you hear this, but because there's a lot of benefits that are going to be running out this Friday, and you have millions of people still unemployed, and that federal money is a much-needed lifeline the proposals I've seen call for, among other things, continued unemployment benefits, but less than the payments people were getting. And that's because some workers were actually collecting more than they earned on the job. And as a result, some employees didn't have an incentive to get back to work. Hopefully a bipartisan relief package can be worked out here as quickly as possible. And there's also a significant shift taking place in the global attitude towards the Chinese Communist Party. And that's being driven by the conscious neglect to report the onset of the COVID-19 virus. And one of the things that the virus has done is bring to the forefront the U.S. dependence on China for certain medical supplies and pharmaceuticals. And it seems like we're working on decoupling from China in those specific areas. And I'm sure you heard last week, the U.S. closed a Chinese consulate in Houston for spying and intellectual property theft. Then, of course, China reciprocated by closing one of the U.S. consulates in China. Tensions are rising, and they're going to impact the trade agreement that we signed earlier this year. And you can forget about a phase two trade agreement for now. So even though we started the week out on the right foot, I still say that you need to be cautious. And I hate saying that because I consider myself an optimist. But I hate losing money even more, and that's because I'm cheap. I'm over here waving my yellow flag telling people to slow down and not to chase stocks because first of all, the market is extremely concentrated in five stocks now. And I'm talking about the S&P or what others might call the broad market. The so-called broad market has been driven by Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. Those five alone have added almost $5 trillion to the market cap of the SP 500 since 2015, whereas the other 495 stocks in the index have only added $4 trillion. Let me put, let me put this another way. Those five stocks have gone up nearly 300% over the last five and a half years the other 495 are up about 23% during the same time. So you can compare five stocks up nearly 300%, 495 stocks up 23%. That doesn't sound right, does it? If you haven't been in these five stocks, then you probably haven't participated in the S&P's run up. Uh, and I'd argue that such a deep, uh, steep divergence is unsustainable. And the longer it goes on, the bigger the eventual fall will be. You know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall thing. Don't get me wrong here. I think that for the most part, these are good companies. These five companies, they're good companies, good businesses. And the virus has shown us just how resilient their business models are. But there's always two questions that you ask yourself. Number one is, is it a good business? And Yes, yes, they are good businesses. And then number two, what do I want to pay for it? To me, I always want a bargain, and I don't think that you could say that these stocks are cheap right now. Again, don't get me wrong. I think you should have some portion of your portfolio in the growthier type stocks, maybe ten or twenty percent, and then the rest in value-oriented stocks. And that's that's nothing new. I've always said that. My personal portfolio has a good bit of Apple and Amazon in it. But I bought them when I thought that they offered value. And I don't think that's the case right now. So you have this extreme concentration in a handful of stocks. And that's the first thing I'm worried about. And I guess the second on the list would be a surge in gold prices, not to mention silver and some other commodities too, like copper. Gold has rallied seven weeks in a row, and it broke above $1,900 an ounce which is the highest it's been since August of 2011. I think gold is sniffing out problems like it did earlier in the year. And it also seems to me that the bond market is disagreeing with the run up in the market in that long dated bond prices have been beating the broad market since early June. And I could go on and on, but you know, let me give you one more. And that's the market's technicals. They suggest too too much optimism Has entered the market. The Chicago Board of Options Exchange, their put call ratio is in the extreme optimism zone, and the demand for call options just exploded. From a contrarian perspective, the latest report from Investors Intelligence, or what I call II, shows only 17.1% bears, and that's the fewest since January 2018, just before the market corrected a lot of folks are bullish. We need to be careful. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This has been Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. You've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security No, no, you should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies, doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.